0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Cool. Good morning, church. Good morning. Okay, there we go. Um, I'd like to emphasize a couple of points from our announcements. Okay, to introduce myself, I'm Malcolm, um, and I am in the workplace, um, and I'm also a son in the house. Um, and Pastor Hilma and the pastoral team asked me to cover an interesting topic today, and we'll get to that. But before we do that, can I just get up the announcements? I just want to emphasize three things. Uh, So the first one is the fact that we'll have a financial course at the end of this month. So next week, Friday and Saturday. So it'll be presented by myself and Megameno. Um, We are not personal financial advisors. (laughs) And we will give you a massive disclaimer before we do our course. Um, But we're just going to share with you biblical principles, but also some practical tips on how it is that you can manage your finances. So this whole month of June, or this is the third Sunday now in June, we've been covering financial matters and money matters. And the reason that we're doing that is because money impacts so much of our lives, right? Uh, So much of our daily grind revolves around money. And unfortunately, sometimes that uh, leads to despair and some heart issues, and we've covered a bit of that um, in the preachings in... uh, In June, in the first service uh, at the beginning of June, we talked about uh, prosperity tips and and how to think about prosperity. And in the second sermon, we talked about greed and how to think about uh, God's kingdom and how to do away with greed. And today we'll be talking about how to sow in a time of drought. But after this, we also need to get into the practicals. And what we'll do there is we'll cover things like budgeting, we'll do saving and investments, we'll talk about retirement, We'll talk about different financial products and how to think about that. So please sign up. Uh, We want all of the last payments done by Wednesday so we can finalize the packs. The cost will go into uh, light dinner and a light breakfast and the printing of the materials and whatever is left over will be going to the building fund. So it will not be coming to me or to Mega. Okay, and then the second thing that we want to emphasize is tonight we'll be rounding off our financial CM um, series, um, and we'll have these experts here on a panel discussion to talk about tips for financial freedom in a struggling economy. And they, they are all thought leaders and all leaders in their fields, uh, so please don't miss out on that. That's tonight here at 6 o'clock. So invite your friends, your family as well. And then the third announcement I want to emphasize is that next week, Sunday, we have our AGM. So the AGM will be done differently this year, in previous years, we would incorporate it in the service, but this year, we want to set aside time specifically for the AGM, so it'll be after the second service, Office 12 to Office 1, and it's open to anyone that's interested. So it'll be after the second service. Um, thank you. Those are all the announcements. So now onto money matters and sowing in a time of drought. So, Pastor Hilmer asked me to cover this very interesting topic, right? So it's a bit of a hospital pass because it is a tough economic environment right now, right? And I mean, is it? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Is anybody feeling strained? Is anybody like bothered about the economy? No. Yeah? Okay, so what is it that's informing you about that? Is it the media? Is it the news? Is it the radio? Your friends? The conversations? Yeah. Even the taxi driver is like, it's her bra. <laughs> Did you see the GDP number this week, huh? Minus two! Minus two! But really, uh, it was minus two this week. So the GDP print came out, and this is the worst economic performance that Namibia has ever experienced. So from that point of view, for all of us sitting here right now, it feels very, very unique. It's not something that we've ever been through. Unless you've been living in a different country somewhere else and you've experienced something like this, this is the first time that you've ever gone through something like this. Not even in the 2008 crisis. Did it get as bad as this? And so all of us are feeling the pinch, feeling the grind. And even if we are not impacted directly, we have friends, we have family that have lost jobs, whose businesses aren't doing well. And it's a cacophony of sounds coming at us all the time. It's just blaring. Everything is on loudspeaker. There's a megaphone shouting at us like, listen here, it's tough out there. And you need to be fearful. Okay? And I just want to say that at the beginning of, or like in, in this week, I had a friend come to me um, and he's like, But we need to meet for breakfast. And we've been putting it off for a while and so we met up. And when we met up, it was really just him trying to figure out for me, I don't know why, where this economy is going. I mean, economists, I'm not an economist, but economists have never had this much airtime in a as they do now. Because nobody wants to listen to an economist when everything is going good, right? But when everything is bad, now all of a sudden these economists crawl out of the woodwork and everybody wants to hear their opinion on where this economy is going to go. And so he wanted to know from me as well, like, but what must I do? And this friend of mine, we used to work together and he's a lawyer by profession. But he gave all of that up to start a business. When did he start his business? Two years ago. Okay? So he joined an existing business. And this guy was doing particularly well, and then my friend joined, and he bought in as a business partner. And what has the business done since then? Right? And he sunk his life savings into this. Right? And he quit his profession. He's a lawyer by profession, and he's really good at his job as well. And he's been promoted, and I mean, he worked with me at a, a previous company, and he was just climbing the corporate ladder, and now he's joined this. And he's not a Christian, so I didn't end off our conversation like I'll do it now. But this is basically the gist of what I said. I said to him, But do you believe in what it is that you're doing? And he said, Yes. And I said, Then who cares what the economy is doing? Right? And I'll say it to you like this from a Christian's perspective who cares what the economy is doing? Right? Because the fact of the matter is that this moment in history, and it's just a moment, guys, yeah. it's a moment does not surprise God. This didn't catch him unawares. And in fact, there is nothing that's happening to us right now that is unique to human beings. It has come. It has gone. This world goes through cycles. Economies go through cycles. And none of it surprises God. And that is what I want to leave you with. So we can actually just close up and let's go home, right? So let's get into the word. Um, Lord, I just want to th- um, thank you for this time that we can spend in your word, understanding your perspective, understanding your heart and your desire, Lord, for our lives. Lord, I pray that um, I would step aside and, Lord oh God, that you would speak to your people, that I would communicate your heart and your vision for your people and for this nation, Lord God, effectively. Lord, I pray that hearts would be moved and that lives would be transformed by your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. So let's go to Genesis 26, verse 1 to 6. And it's up there on the screen. Now, this is a story about Isaac. So Isaac is one of the forefathers of the Israelites. So God called Abraham out, and he said, I want to show you what it means to have a relationship with me. And then God said, you will be my friend. He called Abraham his friend. And last week we also heard from Pastor Franz that Abraham is the foundation upon which our faith is built, right? Now Isaac is Abraham's son. And Isaac was the promise to Abraham. And the promise was that he would have a son and that the nations of the earth would be blessed through Abraham's loins, right? Through his seed. And that seed is Isaac. Isaac. Now, Isaac is a bit of a strange character. He's not somebody that I necessarily connect with, right? He's the kind of like a filler, uh, like in between, because there's a lot to be said about Abraham, and there's a lot about J- Jacob, who's uh, Isaac's son. So Isaac is kind of like this in-between filler, but there's an important story right here. So let's read this. So now there was a famine in the land, besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. So about a hundred years before that famine, there was another famine in the days of Abraham. And Abraham at that stage moved country. So he went to Egypt with his flocks. And Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to Isaac, to him, and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I tell you. Sojourn or dwell in this land. And I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and to your offspring I will give these lands, and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven, and will give to your offspring all of these lands. And in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And then there's this short little verse there. What did Isaac do? So Isaac settled in Gerar. Now, what's important to note here is that many of us are going through a famine. So for some of us, it's an actual drought. Maybe you're a farmer. Any farmers in the house? Farmers? Yeah? Suckers for punishment? There we are, (laughs) right? I also used to farm, and you are exposed to the elements. If you, have, if you don't have faith, become a farmer, and it'll teach you to grow your faith muscle, huh? right? But right now, we're experiencing one of the worst droughts. And we even had our government come out and say, listen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> let's pitch in with a, two, a 2% voluntary levy, right? And I'm not going to comment on the 2% levy. But the fact of the matter is that many of us are going through droughts. There's physical droughts. There's famine. Maybe some of us are going through a famine in our personal lives as well. A famine in our marriages. Maybe that spouse of yours doesn't look as good as they used to look, right? Maybe that's your famine. Or maybe they just don't treat you the way that you feel you deserve to be treated, right? Or maybe you're going through a drought in terms of loneliness. You're all alone. And there's nobody there who looks out for you. Nobody there to pick up the phone and call you. Or maybe you're going through a drought at work, and things aren't going well at work. And no matter what you do and how hard you work, nobody recognizes how talented you are and what it is that you put in and how hard you work. And there's that boss who conspires against you and frustrates you. (laughs) So many of us are going through drought. Many of us are going through famine. But I want to put it to you. What has God said to you? about your famine and about this drought that you are going through? What has he said to you? It's so easy to fall back on the way that things used to be, right? On old revelation. Old revelation that my dad, no, this is how my forefathers did it. This is how my parents did it. This is how so-and-so did it. I should do it like that as well. And that is what Isaac could have done and probably what he should have done. Because from a worldly perspective and from a manly perspective, that was the right thing to do. You must remember, Isaac was rich, guys. He was wealthy, very, very wealthy. He was the sole heir to his dad's empire. And Abraham was blessed. And Abraham left all of that to his son, Isaac. And all Isaac needs to do is maintain it. Okay? And there's a famine coming. And his animals are probably dropping dead like flies right now. So the... the Worldly wisdom would say, move somewhere else. But what did God say to him? God said, no, you stand and you stay where you are. I want you to know, guys, that man's wisdom is foolishness to God. It means nothing to him. And in fact, God actually speaks about it in very disparaging terms in 1 Corinthians um, 3.19. It says, the wisdom of this world is foolishness, absurdity, stupidity before God. He is the one who catches the wise and clever in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the humanly wise, that they are useless. Useless. So again, who are you listening to when you tell me that this economy is going bad and it's going down the tube? Whose word do you take? Whose report do you believe? Are you believing the reporters? Are you believing those economists? Who have their five minutes of fame? Sorry Daniel. (laughs) Um, But who do we need to tune into? And who do we need to tune up and put up the volume on? I would put it to you that the best person, or the, the, the hope that you should steer towards, and the person whose volume you should turn up the loudest, is the word of God and is the God himself. That is the only words that we should be meditating on day and night. Not the negative report of that doctor who says that you are sick and there's no cure for this. Not the report of your spouse that says, I can never look at you the same way again. I can never love you the way that I used to. We shouldn't re- listen to the report of our bosses that say, no, you're just not talented enough. I don't think that... Um, this is going to work out. We need to listen to the report of our God and tune him up. So tune in and turn up the volume on God. And the way that we do that practically is to throw off the old man. So you have salvation. God has said, here's my son who sacrificed his life for you and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. But what you also need to do is you need to physically throw off the old man. And in Romans 6, verse 6, it says, knowing this, we need to understand this, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we no longer become slaves to sin. You cannot serve two masters. So if you are saved, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you cannot sin any longer. The word says very clearly, you cannot serve two masters. The one who you serve Is the one who you will hand your life over to if you serve sin you are handing yourself over to death and destruction and you know what that sin is you know what it is that you're supposed to throw off secondly you need to renew your mind and the Bible is full of scripture verses that talks about this renewal that takes place in us so in Romans 12 verse 2 it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you want to hear God, you need to renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? You spend time in His Word, you put away the things of this world, and you make Him the priority. You make His Word the priority. This is your priority. And then Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, I love the scripture verse, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Do bad things happen to you? Yes. Does this economy look pretty bad right now? Maybe. Okay? The jury is out on that one, and I'll explain a little bit more later. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter what the environment looks like, what the weather looks like. If you know who God is and what he has said about you, think about those things. Whatever is noble, whatever is admirable, whatever is praiseworthy, meditate on this day and night. Focus on the things that God says about you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, we all know this verse and it's we love to quote it. And it says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And the fact of the matter is that we can believe the negative report, or we can believe what God says about us. We can believe the negative report, or we can believe what God says about us. And God is always pursuing us, and he's always trying to show us that he loves us. And we have to be absolutely convinced of that, and we have to behave like we believe that as well. So when people around you start speaking negatively, and when people start saying things um, that bring you down, focus on the things that God says about you, because they matter far more than anything anybody else can say about you. And you have to be utterly convinced of Romans 8.28 that says that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. All things. God is not the author of all things that happen to you. So don't misunderstand that scripture verse either. Things are going to happen to you in this world as a result of the fact that this is a fallen world. This is not the world that God intended. He designed a beautiful, perfect place for us to dwell in and to multiply and to do good in. He gave us good work and we corrupted it. So not everything that happens to you is as a result of God. But that scripture verse says that he works All things for the good of those who love him. All things, not some things. So even though something bad is happening to you right now, and even though God is not the author of that thing, it can still be used for your benefit. You can still learn something out of it. You can still grow. You can still show this world what it means to be a son and a daughter of the living God. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to tune in and tune up God. And what was the outworking of Isaac's obedience? So Isaac heard from God. And I want you to remember this. Isaac only had one appearance of God. Abraham had many. Jacob had many. Isaac only had one. Maybe, like my wife likes to talk about, to our cho- like our children, first time obedience. Okay? Maybe he only needed that one visitation from God, you know? And what was the, like the result of that? And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. And verse 13 is what we call um, hyperbole, exaggeration. Let's read verse 13. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. Do you get it? Okay, let's read it again. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. That is an exaggeration, okay? If you don't get it, okay, let me explain it to you. He got lots and lots and lots and lots. And another interpretation of that also says, another version of that verse says, and he grew in stature as well. He grew in prominence as well. So it's not just about the material things. And that is what I'm preaching to today as well. It's not just about money. Whatever that drought is that you have in your life, what is God saying to you? What is he saying about you? And tune that up and focus on that. And what will God do? He will bless you. And you will sow into that dry ground. You will sow into that sick body of yours. You will sow into that marriage of yours. You will sow into those relationships of yours. You will sow into that job of yours. And you will reap a hundredfold. So the second thing is, we need to get our perspective right. right? Perspective changes everything. And in this world that we live in today, like it's a very pluralistic society. It's a postmodern society where up is down and left is right. And... Right is left, and right is wrong, and wrong is not anything that you need to be worried about. Sure, it's my truth, right? It's my version, this is my life. And those things that you say we need to do, those are old-fashioned, it doesn't work anymore. This This word is outdated. It doesn't apply to our modern society with our computer chips and our social media. Thus says the Lord, Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Jeremiah was a prophet to the kingdom of Judah. And he prophesied to them that they would be taken and um, enslaved by the Babylonians. And this is what he says to the people of Judah. Cursed is the man who trusts in and relies on mankind, making weak, faulty human flesh his strength, and whose mind and heart turn away from the Lord. For he will be like a shrub, in the parched desert, and shall not see prosperity when it comes, but shall live in the rocky places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. So if you are going to believe that report of man, this will be the outworking of your life. And I love that line where it says, and, I shall, and shall not see prosperity when it comes. What's interesting about that is that the fact is, the prosperity is there. But the cursed man, the man that relies on men and worldly wisdom, he cannot see it. He cannot see it. The prosperity is there, but he's blind to it. He's blind to the opportunities. He's blind to the fact that there's an abundance, there's a well, a spring life of water available to him. But all that he can see is wilderness, uninhabited salt land, desert. Desert. The outworking of believing in man's report is loneliness, despair, and no vision. That is the outworking of believing and trusting in the report of man and on manly wisdom. No vision because the prosperity is right there in front of your eyes, and all you need to do is change your lens. And earlier I said to you that... It's not entirely, the jury is not out on whether this is a terrible economy. Because the fact of the matter is we've had a couple of negative quarters of growth, okay? But who here really understands the GDP number? Any hands? Any takers? Want to come and explain it to us? (laughs) The fact of the matter is that we, GDP is gross domestic product, so let me get technical, okay? So gross domestic product, and it is all of the products and services that every man and woman that work in this economy, their output. So the fact of the matter is that if we've had a negative quarter of growth in real terms, what is real terms? Net of inflation, okay? Then it means that our economy is shrinking. But does it mean that our economy has gone back to the days of 1995, 1990? No. Is our economy smaller than what it was five years ago? No, it's much bigger. So if an economy is much bigger today than what it was even two years ago, and it is bigger in nominal terms, then does that mean that there's no opportunities for us? Does that mean that this economy um, is is a terrible economy? I can tell you now that our lives are so much better than what it was 50 years ago. Think about your grandparents and your great-grandparents. What was their life like? Could they just stand on the side of the road and do this? Hop in a car and 20 minutes later, they're like 10 or 15 kilometers. They've shifted 10 or 15 kilometers? No. You needed to get a donkey cart, huh? and you, or you had to strap. You had to walk those five or 10 kilometers. If you needed to check in with somebody, did you have a cell phone available to you like 50 years ago? You can have a whole business on your cell phone. You can start a business with just a phone. So don't tell me that this economy is a terrible economy and there's no opportunities for us. The fact of the matter is our life is so much better today than what it was 50 years ago, from a purely materialistic sense. From a purely materialistic sense, there's far greater opportunities to every single person sitting here than what was available to our grandparents or our great-grandparents. That is an undeniable fact. And if you want to dispute it, come and chat to me afterwards. But the fact of the matter is we need to get God's perspective. So let's look at what it says in Jeremiah 17, (laughs) verse 7 to 8. Blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. For he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear the heat when it comes. Let's read that again. But will not fear the heat when it comes. Not if it comes. When it comes. This is not the kind of heat that is enjoyable. No. This is a burning heat. But this tree couldn't be bothered. Its leaves will be green and moist, and it will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought. Not when there is a drought. In any year of drought. This tree will not be bothered. What will it do? It will not stop bearing fruit. And that is us, guys. That's who we are. That is our reality. That is more real than what's happening out there right now. But it needs to sink deep in here. The word says that, As a man thinketh, so is he. Out of the heart, the mouth overflows. What is overflowing from your mouth? What what are the words that come out of your mouth? The word says that in our tongue is the power of death and life. What are the words that you are speaking? Do you speak death? Do you speak life? The word says I put before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. So these things are available to us. And we can choose to focus on the one Or we can focus on the author and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus. And what it is that he says about us. And if we can do that, we will have security. We will have blessing. We will be courageous in the face of adversity. And we will be fruitful in any season, every season. We will be fruitful. So we need to tune in and tune up God. How do we do that? We spend time with him in his word. Meditating, praying on his word daily. What does he say about me? And secondly, we get our perspective right. We get our perspective right. We don't believe the report of the world, we believe God's report. And we put our faith and our security in God. Because if we have that, we will be fruitful in every season. And then thirdly, we sow our seed. <laughs> we sow our seed. And you might be saying to me, Malcolm, but I don't have seed. I would tell you to go to point one and and two, okay? Get your perspective right. Look at your hands. like really look at them. That's your seed, right there. Are you healthy? The people sitting next to you, those are your, that's your seed. What is seed? Seed is anything that has the potential to multiply, right? Seed is the potential, is anything that has the potential to multiply. And that's what's great about God, is God works with seeds. And the whole template of this earth, he's set up as seeds. Children are as a result of a seed. People. A business is as a result of a seed. An idea that grows in your mind, that you meditate on, that you think about. Something that drops in your spirit, and you're like, wow, this is actually a pretty cool idea. But what does it need? It needs you to sow it. If you hold on to that idea, and you just keep it there you don't do anything with it, is it going to multiply? It can never multiply. The only way that seed multiplies is once it is sown, once it leaves, once it goes into the ground. And you know what's fascinating about seeds, like real seeds, is that scientists don't fully understand how they work. Still till today. I just want to read 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 for you. If you say that you don't have seed, what does God's word say? It says, now. Him, that is God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources. And he will increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in of goodness, kindness, and love. If you are lacking something in your life, if you lack love in your life, you need to sow that. You need to show people love. If you are lonely, you need to reach out to people. If you are sitting here and you feel like an island and nobody cares about you, you need to reach out to people. You need to sow seed. If you have financial lack, you need to sow seed. And I'm not preaching here about giving it to the church. And you can. By all means, come. Building fun. Building fun. I'm, I'm that guy, right? So I head up the building fund, and I'm always here asking people for money for the building fund. So if you want to sow, sow into the building fund. But what we've been preaching to you for the last few weeks is about your heart attitude, right? It's more about your heart attitude. And if you have lack, you need to sow into that lack. What about the ideas and the gifting that God has given you? In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, it says that God provides you with your seed. And he provides you with the means to multiply, to increase that seed as well. So rely on God. Rely on him to show you what you need to do. And let's just read Mark 4, verse 26 to 27. Sowing seed is an act of faith. Then he said, the kingdom of God is like a man who throws seed on the ground. And that already seems foolish. And he goes to bed at night. And he gets up every day, and in the meantime, the seed sprouts and grows. How it does this, he does not know. The earth produces crops by itself. First the blade, then the head of grain, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop ripens, he immediately puts it in the sickle to reap, because the time for the harvest has come. And I want to put it to you like this, that I don't know how this works. I don't. All I know is that when I put this in here... I bear fruit. I am smarter. I am a better husband to my wife. I am a better father to my children. When I spend time in this word, I don't really, really, really know how it works. Okay? I've done some apologetics. I can try and explain things to you and everything like that. But the fact of the matter is, I don't really know why this works the way that it does. But it does. And are you applying the seed to your life? Because if you are not, you cannot expect that harvest you cannot expect that mystery to unfold in your life and the fact of the matter is that God has placed every single one of us here for a reason and how better to understand that reason than to go to the author and the designer of that of you right of that purpose spend time in his word spend time and sow the seed of his word in your life and it will bear fruit It will produce a harvest a hundredfold in your life. And I love the scripture verse. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6 says, Sow your seed in the morning and at evening let your hands not be idle for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that or whether both will do equally well. Be industrious. If you don't have a job right now, Don't let your hands be idle. Sow seed. Go out there. Work. God has blessed us with work. Work is not a curse. It became a curse at the fall to say that we wouldn't reap necessarily what we sowed. But Jesus undid that curse when he came and he died on the cross for us. So Adam was living under the curse that what he sowed into the ground, it wouldn't bear the kind of return that God wanted it to in terms of the design of this earth. But now that we are under a new covenant and under Jesus, when we sow, we will reap. A hundredfold. It is inevitable. It is our reality as believers and as Christians. So do not let your hands be idle. Keep busy. Keep putting to work what it is that God has blessed you with. Because he has blessed you with many spiritual blessings. And physical blessings. And people around you. And a network. And now I want to do something interesting. So I've, we as a church have never done this before. right? And we're going to do something very strange today. We're going to put to the test what it is that you guys have learned <coughs> over the last few weeks. And I want you to see this as a test. It is a test of your heart attitude. As a man thinketh so is he and we want to give you something today and it is very small and to many of you it might actually seem insignificant and useless alright so the ushers can you please start hand, I'm handing out Yeah. so we'll be handing out ten dollar notes to everybody yeah. <coughs> everybody so if you're here for the first time today welcome to every nation dorado <laughs> we don't do this every sunday <laughs> And we hope that you come back and that it has nothing to do with the money that you got, right? But we're going to give everybody a $10 note today. And that $10 note, I want you to look at it, hold it in your hand, look at it, and see seed. Okay? This is seed. Hold it up. This is your seed. Okay? Now, there's different things that you can do with your seed. You can eat your seed. Yeah. And there's, no, and there's no judgment there's, there's no, no judgment look guys this is a gift this is a gift from every nation Dorado to you and if you want to eat your seed go for it if you are saying to yourself thank you Jesus this is the answer to my taxi needs now I can get home so be it so be it so be it But I want you to hear from God, okay? So we heard today that you need to hear from God. Isaac heard from God, and he did something foolish. And the result of his foolishness was that he reaped a hundredfold, even though he was sowing seed in dry, barren land. We need to get our perspective right. So even though $10 to some of us might look like nothing, like what is the point of this? For some of us, $10 is like... uh, I can't even buy bread huh? <laughs> with this $10 note. But I want you to get your perspective right. This is seed and it can bear fruit a hundredfold. And then thirdly, I want you to understand that you need to sow the seed to see that increase. Because if you don't sow, you cannot reap. So I would like you to think and get creative and If you don't mind, if you are so inclined, if you are socially media fundi, please take down that hashtag, EN Tenfold. I thought that was quite clever, right? Right? EN Tenfold. And then the other one, it's actually my wife. She's like whispering there that it was her hashtags. (laughs) Uh, Every Nation Dorado. And tag us. So we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. And when you're sowing your seed this week, think about it and pray about it. And then hashtag us, take a picture. And what you could do as well is you could do like a group uh, crowdfunding thing, right? Get ten of your friends together and you know what? Add to the seed. If you want to add another ten dollars and there's ten of you, that's two two hundred dollars potentially, and go and bless somebody with that. If you are lonely, and what do you take somebody else. I don't know if you can take somebody out with ten dollars. Kapana, okay, fine. You can do kapana. <laughs> take take somebody out for kapana, right? If you lonely, look, because they've got a $10, you've got a $10, that's $20. Yeah, exactly. Go get some kapana together. huh? huh? Walk to kapana. Yeah, don't, don't use your tiger too. Okay. And then, the other thing that you can do is you can send somebody airtime. Um, air and be like, but call me. Right? you feeling a bit lonely, you call me. Yes, <laughs> $10, you've got no excuse okay so please get creative guys um i don't know what i'm going to do with my 10 i still need to pray about it i'm going to hear from god but i'll post something this week as well and with that i'd like you all to stand up please and lord we just want to thank you lord we want to thank you for this time that we could spend in in your word and lord we want to thank you for the seed that you've given us lord god to every single one of us lord god Lord, I pray that we will never look at our seed, Lord, as insignificant, as useless, as demeaning, Lord God, because that seed is a gift from you, Lord. And everything and all things that come from you are good. And all things that come from you, Lord God, are meant for greatness, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that we would see our seed and that we would honor it, Lord God, that we would be diligent, Lord, about how it is that we sow it into this world, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that this house that these people, Lord, would be a blessing to Namibia, to the economy of Namibia, Lord God, and to the people of Namibia, Lord God, that we would not believe the, the negative report, Lord God, but, but we will stand on and stand firm and believe in the positive report that is from our God that says that we are the head and not the tail, yes. that says that whatever it is that we sow, we will reap. Yes. And Lord, I pray a blessing of 30, 60, 100-fold, Lord God, over the seed of this house. Thank you, Lord God, for your heavenly perspective, Lord God. That is foolishness to man, but Lord God is the ultimate wisdom, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we would apply your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envindhook.org.